0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. I'm going to speak for the next few minutes on what I feel is probably one of the most important parts of revival. And uh, people sometimes think it's just one of those things where you have heard it a hundred times. But I don't believe that there's a message that we as a church need to be more cognizant of. If you have uh, your attention, I don't. I'm going to see how this thing works. I didn't. We didn't do a practice run, so I'm sorry. Okay, all right. So let's take a look at the book of Luke, the 17th chapter. And, uh, 17, starting verse 1. Then he said to his disciples, It is impossible but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come were better for him that a milestone were hanging about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones take heed to yourselves if your brother trespass against you rebuke him and if he repent forgive him and if he trespass against you 7 times in a day and 7 times in a day turn again to you saying i repent you shall forgive him for those of you who is wondering what Brother Edwards has told me nothing. <laughs> Amen. So, anyway. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day, turn again to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostle said unto him, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith, as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say to this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. I want to speak this morning to us from this thought. Speak to the tree. I don't see a I don't see a clock, so if somebody will be just kind enough to let me know when 145 is going on. Oh, look at that. I see a clock now. Now, if somebody will be kind enough when we get to 145 to cause me to look at the clock, that would be a second major help. Amen. It is not surprising to me that secular people find it hard to forgive. An unregenerated heart is hardened, and has trouble forgiving. What is more disturbing to me is when I am around people who have been forgiven but find it difficult to forgive. And I'll be honest with you, I know that this is not a popular message. It's a needed message, but it's not a popular message because we have a generation of people that like to hear about prosperity and blessing and run the aisles and praise your way out and praises go up and blessings come down and, 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 and that kind of preaching is wonderful and I do that quite a bit. But while praise is a very true principle, if you are not experiencing the things that you should be, experiencing in your walk with God. If the blessings that you're singing about are not coming to pass, if the things that you are standing here and having a worship service and thanking God for but aren't really seeing come to pass in your life, then it is my opinion that maybe a little further examination is necessary. You go to the doctor and they go through your symptoms and they will run tests, but if they can't figure out what's wrong and, and and they're not getting it corrected and not getting it in the order that it needs to be, then the doctor says, you know what? I think we need to look a little further. I think we need to run a few more tests. I think we need to have a little more examination. So uh, while you're passing some tests, you're still symptomatic of the problem and situation. And I think from the spiritual side, you can be tithing and reading your Bible and giving and, and, and attending church but somehow blessings and peace power prosperity those things are are, are, are shut up because I've I've been in this'm I'm, I'm fourth generation apostolic or, or tongue talking I'm third generation apostolic and uh, I, I've noticed that it's easy especially for apostolics uh, to go through all the motions and the emotions of Pentecost, and it, and it become kind of a camouflage for a lot of inner turmoil that's going on, and. Uh know how to run the aisles and how to shout and how to worship and how to have good church. But at the same time, there's no flow of the Holy Ghost on the inside. There's not a peace. Because I'm going to tell you something. All the churchisms in the world will not cover up dysfunction. And so uh, that's kind of what I want to address this morning, Uh, felt. Led just to touch in this not because I know of any particular situation but because I feel like that as believers we need to be brought back to the basics of things every now and then and so uh, I would take your, your attention to the book of Matthew the ninth the fifth chapter the ninth verse Jesus teaching says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God Notice that it's uh, the pure in heart, because it requires more than just an outward fleshly response. When he's talking about this, he wants us to understand that we've got to be pure in more than just our actions. We've got to be pure in heart. That word pure actually comes from the, and, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but Sometimes I do a little bit of study on things. And when he says pure in heart, what he's saying is are blessed are the people who have cathars of heart. That catherus, we get the same word today, catheter. And I don't mean to be uh, unpleasant or, 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 or rude in, in my speech today. But there in a sense what he's saying, you understand a catheter is something that is inserted and put in place so that the impurities can be drained out you need a catheter in order to automatically in place system so that things uh, the impurities come in but they don't stay they are drained off and he's saying blessed are those if I could say it in this way, I don't, I, I don't want to be uh, impolite at all, but blessed are those who have a catheter in their heart to drain off the impurities, to drain off the, the offenses, to drain off the temptations, to, to drain off desires that, that ought not to be there. And In other words, blessed are those who have something in their heart that does not allow things to remain that should not remain in your heart a system in place to purify your heart. To, 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 to. It comes, but it doesn't stay. Bible says that Joseph was blessed above his brethren, and I don't think it was any other reason than because he had a pure heart. If he had not had a pure heart, when his brothers stood before him and he had their life in his hand, he could have easily at that moment got revenge for all that they had done to him. At that moment that he had the ability to do to them according to what they had done to him, he he could have at that very moment put his brothers in prison. He could have had them killed. He could have had them, their lives snuffed out in that very second. He could have looked at him and said, You remember when you put me in the pit? You remember when you sold me off? You remember when you did and went through all the list, and when he got done, he could have said, Because you did that, I am going to take your life. But here's the thing. If Joseph had not had a pure heart. If he had allowed revenge and allowed uh, impure motives to, to rule his life, he would have killed his brothers, and in the process, he would have killed Judah. But here's the thing. Judah was the line that Jesus came from. So in a sense, he would have killed the deliverer off if he had had... Impure heart. If he would allowed, if he would allowed it to be that way. Here's the first or one point, and it's on your notes. But it's this: God entrusts blessing to people whose personal agenda is not greater than His. God entrusts blessing to people whose personal to those whose personal agenda is not greater than if your agenda is greater than God's agenda in your life God cannot trust you with certain blessings with certain favor with certain abilities God cannot put certain things in your hands if your agenda is greater than his agenda so going back to the text that we read Bible says I went backwards. Let's go the other way. Beginning of the text, he says, It is impossible but that offenses will come. Now, here's the here, here's a point I want to just kind of make for us to understand. Jesus said it's impossible to not have offenses. The occasion for offense will arise in your life. It is a juvenile understanding to believe that you can find a place where nobody offends you, to find a place where nobody, uh, nobody hurts your feelings. When you pray and ask God to, to, to get you out of a place of offense and, and things like that, what you're asking God to do is to violate his word. Because he said, it is impossible. Folks, I, and, and I know I'm not talking to, to, to children in the house. I understand that. But it. But you've got to understand that as long as you live life, there are going to be people who offend you, people who cause you problems. And, and here's the thing. People run around trying to find an atmosphere where no offense is. They want to find a church where there's no offense. They want to find a marriage where there's no offense. They they want to find a job where there's no offense. The problem with all of that is is that you're running around and and this this idea of perfectionism almost becomes worshipped and you will reject anything that offends you trying to find a place where, and here's the thing, watch this. You will throw away the blessings that you have because they include offenses. I've seen people throw away good churches because they got their feelings hurt. I've seen people leave a decent marriage because they got their feelings hurt. I've seen people go for years without any real family connection because somebody in the family hurt their feelings and they decided that they had to to, uh, get themselves away from it and and literally threw away good jobs, threw away good churches, good marriages because they got their feelings hurt. They got offended a little bit about something. And I'm not trying to be rude, but I, I think you've got to understand that. There's going to be offenses. The best church in the world is going to have offenses. The best marriage in the world is going to have offenses. The best job in the world is going to have, there will be offenses. So at the risk of saying it rudely, and I don't mean to be rude, but at the risk, we got to grow up and understand that it doesn't matter. There's no point in running around trying to find some place where I'm not offended and where I don't get my feelings hurt and where nothing goes, because that's going to happen anywhere we go. So Jesus says, first of all, he says that offenses are going to come. Now, here's the thing. That doesn't mean we can get this attitude of, oh, well, you know what? If, if I offend you, that's your fault. You just got to get over it. Because I've, I've met some people like that. Oh, Jesus said, you're going to be offended. So you might as well just, you know, you got to deal with it. Because the next thing he said is, but woe to him through whom they come. So the second half of that is offenses are going to come, but we want to do our very best to make sure that we're not the reason people get offended. Amen. You you don't want to be careless with God's children let's just talk about in the house right here for right now because uh, because this this is who we are and this is where we are you 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 want to be careful with people around you you don't want to get the attitude of well you know I've been here for so many years they can just they can just tough it out I don't care it doesn't matter this is the way I feel about it and I you know what I wants what goes and blah 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 and you can go through all of that and and when you get done with all of that Jesus said that you don't want to offend the least of mine. We got to understand something. Every person, regardless of where they are in their walk with God, regardless of what they're strung out on or or how long they've been in the altar or, or it doesn't matter, they are God's children. Every person that walks through that door is God's children. And so he said, you know what? Don't offend the least of mine because that, that that's not I, I I've been around people who say, Well that's just the way I am. You have been around somebody who says, Well that's just the way God made me. No, that's just the way sin has warped you. And I think we need to understand that. Because if you were created in his image, you were created in the image of perfection. But sin has warped us. So ne- ne- never get the attitude, well, oh, that's just the way God made me. No, 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 no. That's just the way sin has, has, has twisted you and turned you. Amen. So he says, woe to him, and, and he goes through all that. You need to understand something that, that, that comes from this, and that is your level of success and elevation is determined directly by your level of ability to deal with offense. If you can't handle a third grade offense, you're not going to live a master's degree life. It's just that simple. If you can't get over small things that and, and and that uh, you know you you may qualify with praise and worship and you may qualify with singing and, and giving and being at church and all of that stuff and active in the gifts but if you can't cast off offense then there's a deeper issue that needs to, to, to be addressed and this is why he says blessed are the pure because we've got to get rid of the offense we've got to have something in place because I, it, I've never had a heart attack so I don't know what I mean but they tell me that a person that's that's got a clogged up vessel in their heart that it'll come out in other areas that a lot of times that when they begin to check and work on it that the that, 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 The person will be complaining, it'll be their heart that's clogged up, but they complain about dizziness in their head. They'll they'll complain about their arm hurts or their legs are numb or their stomachs. Here's the thing about it. If you allow a fence to clog up, it'll come out in all kinds of other places in your life. And you'll be sitting there trying to figure out, oh, how come this and why that and how come all this? And all of these things can root tra- trace all the way back to a clogged up heart. And so Jesus says, blessed is the man who, you know, the, 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 the blessed of the pure in heart. Blessed is the person who's got something in place to deal with and release and get the clog. Because I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about you, but I don't need my head being dizzy. I don't need my arms hurting. I don't need and if a church body doesn't have a thing in place, if a person in the church doesn't, they they will end up showing the signs and problems throughout other areas of their life. Amen. And so Jesus says that the next thing is he says now if your brother trespass against you rebuke him. And I, I'm not, I, I'm sure your pastor's taught, if you're looking for this, you, you first of all, he says you got to confront the offense. But watch this. Because that's easy for us. Somebody ticks us off, somebody does us wrong. We can confront the offense. <laughs> Let me tell you a thing or two. I got a word, for, you know, we can. That's really not what Jesus is trying to get across here. The root that you've got to understand is everything about Jesus is for restoration. And if you go into a situation to get even, if you go in for revenge, if you go in and you confront it for any other reason, then our relationship has been damaged and I need to get it restored. I need, to get, I need to get this distance between you and me fixed. I need to get the damage that's here fixed because you're my brother and I need to be, need to be restored. I need, that is the only reason for confronting the offense. Amen. It's quiet on me in here. Here's the thing. You can't release what you won't confront. We're good at avoiding. And I don't want to get off my notes because I don't have enough time to do that. But I'm going to tell you something I've noticed in the church. We think we're really spiritual if we can just ignore the problem. Think about that for a second. We have defined that the, 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 the true mark of spirituality is that, and Sister Edwards, you know good and well you've never, but Sister Edwards offends me if I can be in the same room with her and not get ticked off, if I can avoid, I mean, I can't talk to her right now, but if I can still just, if I can ignore you, Well, I would take you to Luke 6. I don't have time, but you begin to look at it. Luke 6 tells you that this thing needs to be very proactive. He says, Pray for them, do good to them. He's very proactive. He doesn't say, Ignore them or avoid them. He says, you do good to them. You, we've got to understand something. This is proactive because when I really understand that my relationship is messed up, when I understand my need for my sister, is, is, is there's a damage in our relationship, then I understand I need to get proactive about it. I need to do something about it. I need to get, And so I don't go in with a, right, a wrong attitude. Go to Matthew 18. Read through Matthew 18. It'll tell you how to do it politely and how to do it correctly. And so he tells them, he says, you confront the offense. And he goes through that. And I'm going to just kind of skip because my time will not allow me to spend. I could spend a whole 45 minutes right there. He says, if he repent, forgiving. Okay. Now, we can do that. If they, if, if they are truly sorry, we, we're more likely to be able to forgive them. Now, I mean, we've got a set of conditions that we want to put in there. And as long as they meet those conditions, as long as they line up to our checklist, then I can forgive them. I can deal with them. I can, I, I, I can you know, we, we, as long as you, you I, I see that you're really sorry and I see you're really trying. And I see as long as you meet the, 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 the parameters that I've set up for you. Problem is, you may not know what the parameters are that I've set up for you, and then you're just and just timing out from this. I've noticed that a lot of times people will stand there and they need they they they're mad at somebody else. The other person going right on getting blessings in the altar and having good church and going out because they don't have a clue and they don't know anything about it and they they're still and you're sitting there missing out. You're about to backslide and leave the church over it, and you're about to throw away all the blessings. And every time you see them getting blessed, you're getting more frustrated. i feel the Lord even if I don't hear from the people. (laughs) So now he says, if he trespasses against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day turn again to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You understand this? If you do it once, it's an accident. If you do it once today and then somewhere six, eight, ten months, a couple of years from now, you do it again, well, you just forgot. I, I can deal with that. But if you do it seven times in one day, At some point, I'm going to decide you're not sincere about it. And now that you're not sincere because you've done it seven times and asked me, since I think you're not sincere about it, I'm going to excuse myself from having to forgive you because I've got parameters here. And one of them is you've got to mean it. And if you don't mean it, then I'm not going to, uh-uh. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So he says, if he does it seven times in a day, and seven times in a day, turn again and say, I repent, you shall forgive him. Now comes this verse that we totally take out of context and use all over the place for other things. Because when he tells the disciples seven times in a day, forgive them seven times, it does, you, you just do it. Their next response is, Lord, increase our faith. Now we use this. I get this when you're you know you're in the boat and the boat's going crazy in the storm and 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 you're worried the your boat's going to go under, God increase my faith. I get that. When you come down off the mountain and you're standing there and, uh, and, and and there's a demon-possessed boy that you've tried to cast out and he's about to kill the kid and the demon's about to kill the kid and and and, and you're not succeeding in getting the demon cast out and Lord increase our faith. I I get those kinds of things, but The disciples didn't ask for God to increase his faith there. The disciples asked for God to increase their faith when he said, you got to forgive them even if you don't think they deserve it, even if they don't seem like they're really sincere about it. And so he says, forgive them, they say, increase our faith. Can I tell you this? If you believe that the offense destroyed you, if you believe the offense stopped you, if you believe the offense uh, uh, put put the things out of God out of your life or, or, or caused you it cursed you, it shut you down, then here's the thing: you've got to hold on to the bitterness. If you believe that the offense is greater than what God can fix. You've got to hold on to the bitterness with everything you've got. Which means that you have more faith in your offender and what they did to you than you do in the God who has promised to deliver you out of the snare of the fowler. And so this is where I find us today, and that is in the middle of offense, God. I'm asking you to increase my faith to believe that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm asking you to increase my faith, God, to believe that all things work together for good to them who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's where I need my faith increased, God. Uh, and I need you to, 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 to increase my faith to understand that I may be delayed, but I'm not denied. Uh, to understand that my comeback uh, will be greater than my setback. Uh, to understand, God, uh, Lord, that, that, that you were not surprised by this. This didn't get you off guard. God. Increase my faith to believe uh, that you really are in charge and nothing is too difficult for you. Because if I can understand that, then I can do the next thing. Because he says, the disciples said, increase our faith. And now he responds to them. He says, if you have the faith, the grain of a mustard seed You can say to this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou cast into the sea. Now, we always want mountain-moving faith. But see, here's the thing about a mountain. If I go out to some huge hill out here and I take land land-moving equipment out there, I can bring that mountain down to flat level on the ground. And that mountain will never be there again. Because when I move that mountain, it's gone. And that's the end of it. But Jesus doesn't say you need mountain-moving faith in this case. He says you need tree-moving faith. Because trees have roots. Those of you, I I, I know I'm, I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But I've gone out in my yard and along the fence line I've cut down, out of my my flower beds I've cut down trees that that had grown up in there. And I've cut them all down flat to the ground and, and, and covered them up and everything. And I noticed that after a little while, It starts to grow again. And see, this is what happens in our Christian walk. We want to look at the offense, and what we want to do is just cut it off at the ground, ignore it, act like it's not there, just go on, just pretend like, you know, just, just cut it off and just just move on. But the problem is, because we don't have catharsis of heart, because we don't have a way to get the impurities out, because we don't have a way to keep our heart from getting clogged up with stuff that ought not be in there, those signs start showing up that that tree still has roots. And now all of a sudden it starts, it might not be right where it was before, but over here to the side, all of a sudden here comes up another tree. And then over here comes up another one. And I cut off the one tree that was a problem, but now I've got six trees. And this is what happens in our, there's a root of bitterness that comes out. And if we don't have faith to forgive, faith to understand that God is greater than the offense. God is greater than, God is able to do more than what the offender could do to us. God is able to restore. God is able to put it back in place. God is able to do all the things that need to be. If we don't have an understanding of that, if we don't get that in our heart, then we are going to be in danger of that root of bitterness, And we'll go along a year, two years, everything's fine, four years, five years, and it was somebody at church that offended us, and we just cut it off. But now, three years later, our husband does something, and we don't even realize it, but it... It, it, it drags our emotions all the way back to where we cut that stump, off, that, that tree off in the first place. And now this root of bitterness is not even at church. It's not even related to the person that did it. But now all of a sudden we're fighting it in our marriage. We're fighting it in our family. We got, we're fighting it over here. In our, and it all goes back to that root. And so Jesus doesn't offer mountain moving faith, but he says you're gonna have to have the faith that understands. That I am bigger than the offense. I can do more for you and I can restore more for you than what the offense caused. I know it caused you pain. I know it caused you embarrassment. I know it caused you financial ruin. I know it cost you, I understand all the things that it cost you. But I'm telling you, I want you to have the faith that understands because he said you'll speak to it. and it will be removed. And so we have to have the kind of faith that gets us in a place where we understand, God, you are greater than the offender. The offender meant it for evil, and it's cost me a lot of pain. I've been cut off from my family, Joseph. I've been embarrassed, I've been, I've been a slave, I've been working in the house, I've been in prison, I've gone through all of this. But when I looked at my offender, instead of putting them in the jail, instead of cutting their head off, instead of doing what I could have done, I looked at him and said, who am I? God? I'm not in God's place. That's between you and God, they'll deal with that. Joseph had enough faith to understand that God is able. And so he looked at him, he said, look, I know you meant it for evil. I know when you did it, you knew what you were doing. And you wanted to hurt me, you wanted to make me pay, you wanted to embarrass me, you wanted to break me. I know that. But while you meant it to break me, while you meant it to hurt me, while you meant it to cause me pain, God had another intention for it. And so I think that we have to pray and ask God for a faith that says, God, help me to have faith to believe that you are greater than my offense. You are greater than my offender. And so because I believe that, I'm just going to release it. I'm just going I'm, I'm to let it go. I can't, I can't live in this bitterness. Uh, I know there's more notes there, and I, I don't have time to go through all of that right now. I don't know what you've been dealing with in your life, and I know this is just teaching session. I'm not going to give an altar call at this moment, but I'm going to ask you to, to lock this in your spirit. And when you've got some alone time and some prayer time, I want you to pray and this is what I want you to pray. God, increase my faith. Cuz we're good about praying that when it comes to miracles and healing. Oh God, you know. But man, I don't want to pray that when it comes to to letting somebody get by with what they got by with. I look weak. He says, if you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you're going to speak to this thing, and the root of it is going to come out with it. And here's the thing. You might not even know this, but this root, when it comes out, it's going to improve your marriage. It's going to improve your church. It's going to improve your job. It's going to improve every part of your life because you pull all of that bitterness out. Amen. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you, and have a blessed day.